Welcome to the Tutor Podcast, the only weekly show for anyone who is in the business of helping people. If you're a tutor, a teacher, or a coach, the Tutor Podcast will help you start, grow, and love your tutoring business in plain English without the buzzwords and BS. If you want to make more money and make more of a difference, the Tutor Podcast will be with you every step of the way. Hi, it's Neil Campbell here with episode 258 of the Tutor Podcast, the Monday morning show for anyone in the business of helping people through teaching, tutoring or coaching. As always, I'm here to share ideas and insights I've had, borrowed, stolen, synergized during the 24 years I've been teaching guitar and running small businesses. And from years before that, running casinos around the world and as an accountant and management consultant. I'll also draw on the vaults of knowledge from the tens of thousands of pounds I've invested in training and education. Constant reading. And to do it for you in a no-nonsense, no-BS way. So, let's crack on. Today I'm talking about change. Why it's hard. What to do about it and how to make it happen. Change is the only constant in human life and we all know it. And as a teacher, I believe that's kind of my business. I believe that if a student leaves the session unchanged, then I've failed in some way. Because it's it's on me. I have to make the change happen. I have to engender that change. Facilitate it, if you like. Naturally, I believe that change is absolutely inevitable. It's my unshakable frame. It's the one thing you won't move me on ironically, that change is inevitable. But that frame won't change. And because I'm in the change business, that's the currency of what I do. That's where the value is to the student. Part of the process, I believe, is that to learn to play a guitar or any instrument, they have to change their identity to move from whatever they were to acknowledging acknowledging themselves as being a guitar player. Around about all that stuff, there's also my little belief that talent is mostly irrelevant. Because what I teach every single day simulates the idea of talent so closely that the the exceptional talent, if you like, to me is not a reality-based idea. I think it's a lazy place marker kind of a word that really glosses over experience, technical skill, understanding, and the ability to fail and learn. So talent for me, eh, bit of a myth. And the final thing that I really believe around change is that I have way more ways to create change than they have of resisting it. Now, my enemy and your enemy as far as creating change for your students is what they believe. It's a whole mountain of unhelpful and limiting stuff they drag around behind them and have been doing for years. They may buy into the idea of talent and argue that they don't have any. They might tell you that they're tone deaf, which, you know, as someone in the music teaching business, you can pretty much prove very, very quickly that that's not true. 
they'll tell you that they have no sense of rhythm. So walk up and down outside 100 metres and they'll fall into step with you in order to maintain conversation. Then tell them they have no rhythm and that they're full of nonsense. They might say that they're not from a musical background, that there are no musicians in the family. Like it was genetic. Guys, it's in everybody's genes to be musical. Every single one of us. Humans are singing apes and rhythm monkeys. You watch us walk, and we all walk in step. You watch us move to any kind of beat, we all synchronise. Don't watch those YouTube videos of metronomes falling into synchronisation. And when you really listen to what students tell you, they'll tell you exactly how they see themselves. They'll tell you, in my case, that they can't play guitar that they don't understand musical notation, or they can't read music. They tell you that they can't compose or write music, or improvise, or sing, or finger pick, or can't get past obstacle X, Y, and Z. They'll tell you that they could never play in public, and on and on and on they go. This is a massive issue, especially with older players who've been playing badly for decades, and a vast experience of proving how crap they are. Youngsters, not so much of an issue. But those oldies know damn well that they're useless, and they'll fight ferociously to stay that way. Because it's who they believe themselves to be. Now, often there's some trauma in the psyche from when they were a kid, when a parent made an offhanded remark like, stop that awful noise, you sound like a cat being strangled. Or maybe said that there were no musicians in the family and asked them who they thought they were. The very young kids don't have that kind of baggage. It hasn't been lumped on them yet. They're still eager and curious. And they're certainly not downcast and ground into dust by decades of confirming who and what they thought they were. So I think I'll boil it all down to a simple equation in my own mind. Teachability is inversely proportional to experience. The longer they've been playing, the harder it is to get past their defences and insert change. The big problems are that they have an expectation of increasing levels of complexity and difficulty when they begin lessons. The opposite is the case. It should be simplified and made obvious and denonsensified when you take lessons. The other big problem that shows up here is that they're going to have to change. That means that their sense of self will be coming under threat. It's a sort of an identity crisis within the domain of playing guitar in my world. Now, the expectation of increasing complexity or increasing difficulty is actually just technical stuff. So what I like to do is start at their level. I acknowledge their experience and the narrative and explain that I used to think exactly the same. So I figure out how they think, how they look at it, and then I'll go in and royally mess it up for them. I'll go and mess up their programming so bad they can't get it back. One of the tools I use is a little 
fridge magnet with an arrow painted on it, a little round one. And I call this the requisite level of difficulty control knob. And I imagine them, I put it on the magnetic board in front of them and I'll set it high, sort of nine or nine and a half out of ten or so. And I ask them to move it to where they'd like it. And most of them will put it about a four because they don't want to have it too easy, do they? No. The first thing I'll do then is yank it right back to where I put it. And then ask them where they want to put it now. And they'll always move it lower. I suppose they figure that if I'm going to snatch it back that far again, if it starts from a lower point, then it's not going to go back as far. So we rinse and we repeat this. As I ask them to move it where they want it, then yank it back, and sooner or later they've got it down to a sort of 1 out of 10. They've told me it's going to be that easy with their physical actions, and now they're going to try to stay true to what they've said. Because nobody wants to be a liar, do they? So this begins to change their sense of self and allows them to begin the process of confronting that identity crisis and that is really the big one their old beliefs just like any living thing will fight for their lives my job and your job as a tutor is to kill the old beliefs you might do it with logic but personally I find that emotional images visualization hypnosis, embedded commands, and really precise language really work well. And so does building up enough evidence or proof of the new reality that they manifest, that the old belief is totally busted. So early on, I'll often record students. And then a few months in, I'll show them how they used to play and how they play now. And having corrected things like gross position defects and technical inadequacies, they'll often wince and go, ooh, I don't look right, when they're watching the before clip. If they don't want to be videos, I'll simply record it and play back the audio. And I'll ask them to tell me about the person playing the guitar on the recording. Usually, I'll do this surreptitiously. And I'll ask them to comment on the player's musicality and what they thought their level of technical ability was. And very often, they won't believe it's them in the clip. That proof forces them to replace the old belief with a new one. I had a very similar experience myself working with uh, the dance producer Solarstone, Richard Mowat, who's a lovely guy and a good friend. We recorded some tunes and I improvised some melodic guitar work over the top. And when Ridge played back the recordings, I asked him who the guitar player was and he said, it's you, you put it. And oh, actually sound really good. It's kind of a surprise for me, so I'll get it when the students have that same weird out. So, 
As far as I'm concerned, and as far as change is concerned, where the mind goes, the body follows. I reckon I spend up to 80% of some lessons on the mind stuff and about 20% on guitar content. As a certified practitioner of neuro-linguistic programming, certified life coach and a hypnotist, I've got plenty of tools in my skill set. I read extensively on psychology and behavior. So I'm reasonably well equipped to go through some of that change production in very flexible ways. One of the big giveaways that someone is struggling with this identity crisis thing is when, and it's very common, when a player executes a move or forms a chord shape so quickly and with so little effort that they'll jump out of position immediately. They'll shimmy around either side of the right place and take the, themselves out of position to painstakingly construct it correctly. And I kept seeing this and asked myself, why? Why are they doing this? And the answer was, because it's too easy. And obviously it's impossible. It couldn't have happened. They're getting freaked out. That thing they just did, they couldn't possibly do it. Because they don't believe they're allowed to do it that quickly, that accurately. And they sort of self-sabotage in order to stay true to who they think they are as a duffer, as a player. Again, where the mind goes, the body follows. People are funny things. They want to find a way to change and to get what they always wanted. But then when it arrives, they find a way to bat it away from themselves. My job and yours is to bypass their defences. Insert the stealth charge of understanding and detonate it. When I do this, I get sworn at a lot. Grown men sob. There's an awful lot of head shaking and the odd tantrum too. <laughs> and it's not me. I mean, for me, that's all in a day's work. That's the students. When the mystery is taken away, some of them will want it back. I remember probably 15 years ago, I had a new student, an engineer from over here in Telford in Shropshire. He told me he wouldn't take lessons with me because, quote, you'll take away all the mystery and the challenge from it, close quotes. I asked if I could get him on video or just quote him on that. It would have been the best testimonial ever. Imagine that. What a great testimonial that would have been. But that's the sort of ingrained belief we're dealing with. You and I. Every day. And it's not just the students. It's us. Who do we think we are? To proclaim ourselves tutors, teachers, coaches, experts. Who do we think we are? To run our own businesses and decide how our lives go. We're no different to the kid who believes she's a bit thick or not mathematically minded. Or the little boy who believes that French is a hard language. 
The truth is that people believe all sorts of strange things. Some of them good, some of them helpful. Most of them not so helpful. All based on zero knowledge of a subject they're coming to for the first time. Our job, yours and mine, is to keep the good stuff and update the rest. Relentlessly and irresistibly moulding the student's sense of self and of their possibilities and potentials. That's our job. How cool is that? Just let me know. I'd love to hear your thoughts because I'm here to learn as well as share what I've learned so far. Drop me an email to info at neilcamera.com or find me on Twitter, where I am, at Tudor Podcast. If you'd like this, share it with your friends, like and subscribe. And I'll be back next week with more no BS ideas and more tips to help you to start, grow and love your true dream business. Just like I love mine. I hope this episode has got you thinking and has been some help. Till next time, stay healthy, stay useful and have a fabulous day. Get in touch with the Tutor Podcast via email or social media and the Tutor Podcast team will be listening. Subscribe on iTunes and you'll automatically get the latest episode directly sent to your device. And remember to share, rate and review TTP so that we can help other people to start, grow and love their tutoring businesses.